Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. We are a small church located in West Lafayette, Indiana. This podcast is our recorded Sunday morning teachings. Join us as we learn to love, grow, and share what God has given us. Well, good morning, everyone. Everybody had a great week. Has it been cold enough for you? Yes. Yeah, it's been, uh, it was like five below this morning when I walked out. I think it got to be five above by the time I came here at, at nine this morning. By the way, we have notes. So I want to just highlight your awareness of that. Um, they'll be filled in the blanks. But then there's some discussion questions that you know, I like to put together every week. And uh, so there's some questions on here that might stir you a little bit. <clears throat> and then on the back... We give you the key scriptures that we're going to talk about this morning. So it is an opportunity for you to... Uh, <clears throat> and Greg's passing them out there. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> so hold your hand up if you want one. Yeah, most of you probably didn't enjoy the, the week. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't as brutally cold as I think a week or so ago, but it was definitely cold. And uh, I, had an, I had somebody ask me a question this week, which was kind of fun. I said, so is this, this how it was when you grew up? So I said, well, I'll be honest with you, it was. <clears throat> Northeast Nebraska, this time of the year, this weather is normal. So uh, you, uh, you wake up to usually somewhere around zero to ten below every morning, at least January through February. Starts to warm up by March, um, but yeah, it can get pretty brutally cold. My <clears throat> my my happiest memory from those times was the fact that I was born on a dairy farm, and so at about six o'clock every morning, I got a chance to warm up really well. I snuggled up old Bossy, and uh, she warmed me up <laughs> while I, you know because. I'd be milking by, we milk by hand, by the way, so I'd milk by hand, and if I got cold enough, then I'd just reach up underneath there and wear the udder attached to the body, and oh, man, that was nice and warm. It was great. It was great until Bossy decided to take a switch at me with her tail, and, and that wasn't always a lot of fun, depending on how much she had on the end of her tail. So if you want to know what that means, you can talk to me afterwards. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what that really means. So that was my happy memory. I wonder how good our memories are this morning. I thought we'd open up here with maybe a little bit of a quiz. So we have begun a new series, and we are studying the book of Second Peter. Okay, somebody's memory's working good enough, even though it is cold outside. And uh, so now let's get a little more challenging. We, we want to have a little bit more fun with that. What was point number one from last week? Well, we, we did chapters 1, 1 through 11. So let's, let's see. What was point number one last week? Anybody remember? Profession, yes. And so we were talking about the gospel and how important it is to have the authentic gospel, to know the real, the real true gospel. That was verses one and two. Um, and it, it would be a good challenge. I kind of laid this out to the house church on Friday night. I said, so who can explain the gospel in just you know, a couple of minutes? And uh, you know, it was done pretty well. 
And, you know, and I don't know how well all you would do at that, but that might be something to think about. You know, if I was asked, you know, sit down class or if I'm on the bus or something like that, um, running into somebody, what would I say to them is the good news of Jesus Christ in just a couple of minutes? Can you do that? I'm um, not going to ask you to do that this morning, but that might be a good one. Point number two was progression. We have, we have somebody down front who's aiming to win the prize for the morning. So we talked about, you know, growing in our faith, progression in our faith. And uh, so now everybody's starting to pull out their, 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 uh, their version of the Bible, which is called the Samsung version, and, and taking a look at what I shared. Okay. And that was just, it, it's exciting to me to see that progression in there. Um, because Peter talks about divine power. Talks about a divine nature. He talks about awesome promises of God meant to keep us away from the world. And, and, and you know, we talked about the part that Grace plays in growing our faith journey. The third point. That's right. Oh, somebody got away from you, Maureen. Oh, <laughs> I might have to have two prizes here at the end. So Peter exhorted us not to be ineffective or unfruitful in our lives, to be you know, having a purpose of being fruitful and purpose, a purpose of being effective in walking with Jesus. I'm going to share a story this morning um, at the end, and so please don't go away. Um, I, I've given this story out three times this week, and in every case I gave the story, individuals were like shocked. So stand by for that one. Fourth point, focus, yes. In all of this, we just sang that in the song. In all of this, keep, keep your focus on heaven. Don't get caught up looking at things on here, on the earth. And it's all about eternity. It's really all about that. Um, I, uh, I really enjoy listening to Mercy Me and Bart singing about, you know, what's it going to be like in heaven? And, and I've, I do that about two or three times a week just to keep my heart and, and, and soul reminded on this, what it's all about is heaven. It's not the here and now. And so I think this, that verse, verse 11, gives us a promise that, you know, we're going to have heaven. It gives us a promise. It gives us assurance that, you know, we're going to be in there. In the, and it gives us a confidence. You know, no matter what's going on, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, we were, we were probably facing a pretty, Peter was probably facing a pretty hostile world at that point that happened within about 36 months of the first time he wrote First Peter. So there you go. That's what we're talking about this morning. So remember, is the title today, is remember. Um, we, we're going to look at verses 12 through 15. So we were talking a little bit earlier downstairs when we were praying. You know, I'm usually the guy that gets the, uh, the passage with about 1,800 verses, you know, and Tom gets the one that has about four or five, and I just don't know how that works. But this time around, I have only 12, 13, 14, and 15. What am I going to talk about for a whole 40 minutes? <laughs> I think there's a lot to talk about in here. Um, I have been, I've just been rejoicing, and I've been challenged this week with this one. 
Because this, these four verses are all about remind, remind, remind. It's about memories, about remembering and keeping your, your heart on that perspective. So I'd like to read 12 through 15, and then we'll pray. And we're going to jump into some points for this morning. So here we go. Um, you can follow along as I read this out of the ESV. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it is right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able to do at, do at any time recall these things. So let's pray. Lord, we're reminded just now that we are in your presence. You are the most holy God. You are the most awesome God. You are El Ayan. Nothing in this universe comes close to you. Help that to sink into our hearts just now, Lord, to be reverencing you as we open your word. Quiet our hearts. Be still and know that I am God. That's what you say in Psalm 46 through David. Quiet our hearts. Lord, we know how awesome you really are, how amazing your word is. Help us to really appreciate that even this morning. Holy Spirit, teach us just what you have for us. Your focus on our hearts this morning. Remind us, Lord, of some eternal truth, some kernel of truth that we can grab onto and have our hearts blessed and excited about you and what you're going to share with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a reminder, the two key verses in this book are found where? Now, here's the, this, is the, this is the big question for the day. So we got the four, four points, but these two verses are found at where? Andrew, did you tell her what those verses were? <laughs> no. Because anybody remember what the theme verses are? Greg's got it back there. Second Peter chapter 3. Verses 17 and 18. First part of that says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, that's important for us to do, is to grow in His grace. Something that certainly I have been really learning a lot lately. I realized for quite a number of years I was very much performance-based, not grace-based. And so I'm really learning how to let the grace of Jesus Christ change my heart, change my perspective, work through me as I go about my daily routine. And I'm just excited that this is what Peter said, is grow in that grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then worship him. So Tom will probably remind you of that. Chris will remind you of that. We will uh, be looking at those verses as we go through this one. So our outline for the day is keeping truth front and center in our lives. So remind Reminder, 
and recall. And then the one final thought that I'll have for the day, which is stick around for the story. This is going to be, I think that's a good one. So as I study these four verses, here's some of the questions that came to my mind. What are we talking about with these qualities? What are they? Why do I need to be reminded of them? Then as I thought more and more on this, I thought, I wonder if there's a time frame associated with this reminding and remembering. In other words, how often do I need to be reminded? What does being reminded look like? What does that look like? Well, hopefully we'll answer some of these questions here as we go through this this morning and, and uh, dig it out. So that's going to be really pretty good, I think. All right, so the first point we're going to look at in, in your notes, remind. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. First point, remind. I don't know about you, how you operate, but this is how I operate. I usually make lists up every week, well, actually every day, because I have to be reminded of what i got to get done. And if I don't remind myself, I'll forget about half of it, which is, is most of Penny's stuff that I need to do, and then I get in trouble. Okay, so that's how this works. And, and I, the other part of it is I have to remember what i got to do for Tom and Chris as well, so that, you know, sometimes I don't get that done either. But... I have a to-do list that I work off of, and I have a calendar that I work off. And some of you guys have, you know, your uh, Samsung version of your calendar, and you operate off of that. So I need to be reminded. In First Peter, verse chapter one twelve, Peter is talking about reminding. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. So as I read that verse there, and that's what we're going to just simply look at is verse 12 for a little bit, I see three things. Peter has a real commitment to reminding us. And then Peter tells us what he's reminding us of. And then there's Peter's reassurance. Because um, if you start to get reminded of certain things, you think, well, maybe I don't know this. And... So Peter's reminding that, that there's, or Peter tells them there's a reassurance, hey, you know, you're in the truth, I know that. So why was Peter obsessed with this? Why was Peter driven to, to remind us of these things? And I think the one reason is simply this. You go back and, and go back to the night that Jesus was betrayed. And there was this dialogue between Jesus and Peter and Jesus told him straight out, he goes, you're going to be betrayed. You're going to betray me. Wow. I never do that. But, you know, that's the truth. It did happen. But Jesus gave him some hope. And he also gave him a challenge, a charge. He said, when you return, when you return, he said, strengthen my brethren. Strengthen my brothers. And so I think Peter took that to heart, you know, because he, he failed Jesus, and then Jesus restored him. And then when you think about it, okay, wow, Jesus, what do I need to do? I want you to strengthen the brothers with the rest of your life. And so I think this is what's going on here, is Peter is, has been reminded that that's the charge that I have. I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going I'm to go for it. So Peter says, then, therefore, 
I intend to always remind you. So I, I don't know how it was. I mean, maybe every time that you, you met Peter when he was still alive, he said, hey, I got some stuff I got to remind you of. <laughs> I can certainly say this. Maybe he didn't bring it up that way, but on his heart was exactly what needed to be remembered, how important certain things were in the Christian life. And when you think about it, Peter was a good one to be able to deliver that. He had been attacked, and he had failed, and Jesus restored him so he could really walk the talk. Mm -hmm. So I like that. I always intend to remind you. I intend to always remind you. So somewhere in the conversation, I'm sure Peter would bring it up, <laughs> and for good reason. Why was he obsessed? Because there were certain things that we need to know. So what are these qualities that ESV says, or I like the New American Standard, what are these things? Um, I think what he was referring to was back to verses 1 through 11. I think these were the most foundational truths. And from my perspective, I would probably want to share these in day in and day out, always. Your faith. Peter wants to be sure that you have a good understanding of the gospel so that your faith is based on truth, not on something that's not true. And you're like, oh, we were talking about this the other night, and there's a lot of folks that go, well, you know, we're all going to heaven. It's just the way we're going to get there. That's not true. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so the gospel is all about that. It's one way. When I was going to college, Penny and I, you know, um, we were involved in crusade, and we had a little thing that came up. Oh, it was about 72 somewhere in there. And and I, you know, it's long past you guys' life, okay. But this is what we would walk around doing one way. Jesus, one way. Jesus, one way. And so when we went to Dallas, Texas in 72 to meet with 100,000 other Christians, it was one way. That's what we were telling each other all the time. Well, that is what we need to tell others as well. There's only one way. And that's only through Jesus Christ. So your faith is the first thing. That was verses 1 and 2. And Peter said, it's on his heart. Peter's heart was for your growth and my growth. He understood the amazing power of God. He understood the amazing promises of God. And they are. There's 700 of them total. So he got it. He understood the purity that the innate life of Jesus is a follower of Jesus that exists for you. And so growing is really important. You know, like we talked about last week, there's going to be a couple babies born in this church. They'll have everything that they need to grow, but they will need to grow. And the mom and dad, the parents, are going to provide that opportunity for them to do that. And that's what Jesus does. When you come to him, he gives you everything you need for life and godliness. But you need to grow. And then third, Peter says, I want to make sure you are sound in your calling, sound in your effectiveness and fruitfulness. You understand that as you practice these things, you're ensuring the defense of your faith and the influence it will have on those around you. Let me say that again, because this is one 
that I think is really important to catch. You understand that the practice of your faith ensures the defense of what you stand on and the influence it will have on those around you. And, you know, I, and I realize that as I go throughout the week, the folks that I'm around, whether it's neighbors or whether it's the cadets over here at the department. And, uh, you know, and it's a lot of fun to work with them because they're, they're really hungry to know. Out of any group I've been around lately, that's been the most fun. They are hungry to know and grow. And so they are trying to be effective in their fruitfulness. And they share stories from time to time about that, which is great. And then the last one, as you live your daily faith journey, your eyes are kept on heaven. That's what Peter said. Hey, we're all going to be in heaven. Those of us who have the true faith growing, have a calling, we're going to be in heaven together. Isn't that going to be great? And so keep that hope alive and well. And then finally, Peter, in the first verse here, in 12, says, I'm not trying to shake your confidence. I'm not trying to shake your faith. He says, I'm confident that you know the truth and you're established in it. All I want to make sure of is that you are reminded that it is not about the knowledge, but it has everything to do with living that truth. You and I are supposed to live out that truth every day of our lives. Live out our Christian life. It's the best defense that you'll have is to have a living faith. When people are around you, they know that something's happening and it seems pretty cool and pretty good and I want some of that. Um, is that the way it operates in your life? Think about that. Let that sink around, sink into you for a bit. Is this, I walk around others as I'm in the lab, as I'm in the class, in my, in my cube or wherever I'm at. Do people know that there's something different about you? Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty this morning or anything like that. I want you just to be so excited about Jesus Christ that it can't help but spill out of you. And, you know, and I've been in some situations before, like, you know, the one I can remember was I was up at the seminary and uh, I used to deliver papers for a job. Uh, that's how I've, we fed the family. And, uh, you know, I had individuals who'd say, what is different about you? Why are you like you are? And so it was just, it was fun to be able to share with them, it's my walk with God. It's my walk with God. That's what's the difference thing with me. I'm living out the truth. I'm not just on the knowledge. If we don't do that, we, will def we can have a tendency to drift. Drift from the straight and narrow faith journey that Jesus has given us. And when I, wrote that, when I wrote down here this morning as I was thinking about this is we drift from these truths, we let ourselves down. Yes, we can let Jesus down, but we let ourselves down. We let others around us down, and we really let our world down. Our world is looking for and hungry for an answer in life, and you and I have that. So Peter says, I intend to remind you I'm going to remind you and remind you and remind you all the time. And so I don't know how you feel about reminding. I'm <clears throat> what came to my mind this week was the Terry Bartley rule of three. Now, there might be only one person in this room, maybe two, that knows about the Terry Bartley rule of three. 
Anybody know that one? Okay. <laughs> Andrew thinks maybe. So here's the Terry Bartley rule of three. The first time you hear a teaching, you go, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I've never heard that before. I've got to write this down. I've got to figure out how this works. And then that's step number one. But number two comes along, and somewhere down the way, wow, I think I've heard this before. I'm not sure where I've heard it, but I think I have heard this before. And so you think about that. Mull it over. Chew on it. Then comes number three. Rule number three is, oh my gosh, I've never heard this before. This is awesome. Man, let me write this down. <laughs> when Terry said that the first time, I just died laughing because you know it's so true. We, we have a tendency to write things down and we get all excited about this truth. And then, you know, weeks pass, months pass, and you forget. <laughs> you just move on in life. Peter goes, I don't want that to happen in your life. I want you to remember, and if nothing will make me more excited than if we can leave these two weeks with you having a good understanding of verses 1 through 11 and how really important they are. So, I don't know what you come for a Sunday morning, you know, when you come here. Maybe you're coming here and you say, I got to have something new. I got to have some new insight. I got to want to see something new. And I just thought about this week. I thought, okay, when I come, so what if I don't hear something new? What if what I hear is something I've heard just recently or I've heard, you know, somewhere in the just close past? And you go, well, I'm going to shut that out. I don't need to hear that again. And you know, that, that one breaks my heart because we need to have an attitude toward God's Word that no matter if it's a new one, a new insight, or it's an old one, that I haven't heard for a while, or I just heard it last week, and, and Fred said it, and then Tom brings it up, and oh man, Tom, that was great. Um, matter what's going to, you love God's Word. You love the teaching of God's Word and sharing with you. So, are we hungry for God's Word, regardless if it's something new or not? Well, that leads us into the next part, which number two. Oh, did you catch out? It, 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 the reminder is everything to do with living the truth. So fill in those blanks if you haven't done that. This is really important. Live the truth. Number two, reminder. Number two is reminder. <clears throat> Peter says this, I think it is right as long as I am this body to stir you up by way of reminder. Since I know that putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Three things that I see in this verse. What is right? <clears throat> Peter apparently knows what's right, and he wants to stir it up by way of reminder. There it is, reminder, stir you up. And then I know that the putting off of my body will soon be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. So Peter was aware through Jesus that his days on earth were numbered. So those three things. Do you always do the right thing? I don't. But Peter knows what the right thing is to do. In verse 13, he's confident of that right thing. And, and I thought, well, maybe what the deal was is there were people questioning him. Ever been questioned before? Probably so. And so they were asking maybe some piercing questions. And he's saying, hey, you know what? You can do that. 
but I know what is right. And I know that what's right is to be reminding you. Don't let you forget. I like how the message puts this, and I didn't put it in your notes, but if you want to look at this one, go home today and look up the message on 1 Peter chapter 1, 12 through 15. The stakes are high. That's how it puts it. Wow, the stakes are high. This is really, really important. So that's what Peter's saying here. It's very important. He's convinced of the right thing, and he's courageous to go after it. He's not going to concern himself with what you guys think or what I think, what anybody thinks. The Spirit's prompting him for the proper course of action, and he's going to take and heed it. He's after it. And I love that. So Peter's aware that the time is coming. He's going to be gone from this earth. So he decides to stir people to action. I think it's right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder. The Greek word for stir is interesting. It is a word that was used um, for the idea of, of a storm across the Sea of Galilee. And, and if, you know, if you do some research on it, you know that the storms in the Sea of Galilee would come down and they swoop down quick. And you know there would be a, a wind and then there'd be turning of the water and it would be stirring it up. And it'd be a very violent storm. That is exactly what Peter is using as the word here. Let's get it into action, guys. I'm going to stir you up. Peter wants to conjure that idea. And here's what I think Peter's saying. Hey, while I have my body and my faculties, I'm going to go full bore on telling you what's important. I'm not going to be sorry for that at all. I'm a dead man walking. <laughs> I thought about that this week. He's a dead man walking. He already knows. You know, he's on his way out. He isn't quite from the grave just yet, but he's close. And he says, I have a message for all of you. And I like the way that Warren Wiersbe, who's a famous Bible teacher, was a famous Bible teacher, said, we forget what we ought to remember, and we remember what we ought to forget. Hmm. Hmm. Isn't that true? We can remember a lot of facts about sports teams and stuff like that, but when it comes to remembering what's really important here in, in life, can we grasp that? Can you sit down, and could you sit down in like a half an hour, give me what you think of verses 1 through 11, and how that applies to life. Could you do that? If you, if you feel like today that you can't do that, get after it and, and see if you can master that. This has been a big help to me going back through this again. What it's really telling us is to have our priorities right. Don't get your priorities mixed up. That's what Peter's saying. I want to work on not forgetting because it's crucial to your faith journey. Don't forget the gospel. Don't forget the grace and peace. Don't forget the growth in the Lord. Don't forget divine power, divine character, promises of God, purpose of God in the coming kingdom. Don't forget those things. Hey, people, you need some stirring. And this is what Peter's saying. I'm going to deliver that storm into your personal world <laughs> so you don't forget. Peter is absolutely convinced of the right course of action. He's absolutely convinced that we need to be stirred from time to time. He's absolutely convinced that unless prompted, we will ignore the reminder of the Lord. And I need it, just like everybody else does. We need reminding. So that's fill in the blank. 
We forget what we ought to remember, and we remember what we ought to forget. Let's change that. Let's, let's work on be, making sure that we don't forget what's really important. Point number three. Recall. Recall. I don't know about you, but I don't like the word recall. Leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I had a recall on my Toyota Tacoma. I think I lost the truck for, how many weeks was it, Penny? Three? A month. Four weeks I lost that vehicle. <laughs> how many of you had a recall? At least one or two of you. Okay, there's, all right. So it's, it happens. But this one here today, Peter, when he's talking about recall, this is positive. This is good stuff. So it's a positive connotation. I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able any time to recall these things. So three things in here are important in this verse. Diligence and responsibility, legacy, and ready access to the most important things, these things. Peter starts thinking about, you know, his, his life being ended and, and his going to heaven. And he's probably thinking about the fact that you know, um, when I'm gone, I wonder how they're going to do. I wonder how my, my acquaintances in Jesus are going to do. And I, and I want to be careful about that. He's going to make every effort to make sure that we, they don't forget. I like the word that Peter uses here. He uses the word diligent. Make every effort diligent. It means hasten to do something. Be zealous in doing it. Peter's got a sense of urgency to what he's got ahead. He's going to do whatever it takes to ensure that the Word of God is on the front lobes of all those he's shepherding, which includes you and I. Peter's going to die. And when he does, his voice and words will be silenced. But when he dies, the inspired Word of God that God's using him to give is going to go on and on and on. Men die, but the Word of God never does. Men die, but the Word of God goes on forever and ever. So at some point, I'll die, <clears throat> and you'll forget within an hour after I'm gone what I've said. Now You might, <clears throat> you might remember Tom's for a week or so afterwards, and maybe, you know, I don't know who else, you know, Austin, we might remember Austin for maybe a month or two. But at some point, the stuff that we've said as human beings will go away. But the Word of God never goes away. So I like it. Peter decided that he would write this down and leave it as a legacy. So his legacy will be the inspired Word of God. His legacy is the inspired Word of God. I think you know, I think, wow, that's an amazing legacy to have. So it, it's the stuff I don't care about, the legacy, you know, how, how much you own, how big your bank account is, anything like that. What's really important is the effect that you have on your life, your life has on others. So Peter wants that to be at the fingertips. You know, if you had a conversation with Peter, you probably lost those points, but if you had opportunity to read the Word of God, 
Peter's words were still there with you. That's what these things is all about. You and I have the privilege of recall daily because we can pick up the word, read it, and, you know, if you haven't been doing this, maybe what you could do is just read in your first Peter, maybe during once a week while we're going through the series. That might be good. One final thought today. This story helps us to understand always be ready. Okay? So the story involves <clears throat> a man, and his name is, I, I'm just going to call him Pastor Mark. I've shared this story with several groups, as I told you, and I've had pretty much the same response every time, which has been really precious to see it, because it really hit my heart when I heard it the first time. Pastor Mark was crossing the country I don't know where he came from. I don't know where he was headed. But all I know is that he ended up in Chicago on a layover, okay, waiting for the next flight. And so as he's in the airport sitting there, he starts watching people. Anybody here a people watcher? I'm a people watcher. I like to do that. They're interesting. People are. And um, so he's watching people, and he sees this one guy catches his eye. This guy is wandering around the airport in the area, and <clears throat> he's hitting on women. And Mark goes, okay, that's kind of interesting. But he noticed that in, when he was doing this, he wasn't having any success at all. There was nothing happening. So Mark needs to get some food, and so he walks back and gets some airport food, and sits down, and lo and behold, this guy sits down beside him. Now, I don't know what you would do at that point. <laughs> I kind of know what I would do, and, and this is my confession. I would probably go, mm, I think I want to move. I don't think I want to be around this guy. You know, he's doing things that just really bother me. Pastor Mark decided, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk to this guy. So I don't know what you would say to this guy, but this is what Pastor Mark said. He goes, doesn't look like you're having much success at what you're doing. And the guy didn't get annoyed. He didn't get mad. He didn't get angry. He simply said to him, he goes, yeah, it's true. So he said, what's, what's going on? So he decided to engage the guy. He decided to talk to him and listen to what was going on. So... I don't remember what this guy's name was. We'll just call him Tim. So Tim said to him, he goes, well, here's what's going on. Today was my wedding day. And I'm here in the airport. Because two weeks ago, my fiance was murdered. Yeah. And he said, nobody in my neighborhood cares. Wow. That hit me. And there's some, there's some stuff here that we want to really grab out of this, but this is what Pastor Martin did next, which was really cool. He goes, so what are you doing? He goes, I want out of this town. 
I don't want to be in Chicago anymore. I said, so I'm going to go to Las Vegas. And so then Mark said to him, he goes, um, I have two friends in Las Vegas. Would you be okay if I called them? And I would let them know to meet you at the airport? That guy said, yeah, uh, I'd like that. I really would. And so he did. He called his two friends in Las Vegas, and they came to meet him at the airport. They took him in, and they just swooped him up and helped him in his woundedness, helped him to heal a bit, got him involved in the church, and got him, got him squared around a little bit. So here's what I thought when I heard this. took me a while to kind of just process what I'd seen. But I thought, you know, my final thought for the day is there's a story behind every person that we see. And we can't forget that. There's a story behind every person I'm looking at here this morning. I don't know what your story really totally is, but I would like to engage that. I'd like you to engage with me because I have a story as well. There's things that I'm learning about myself. Our tendency is to not engage. Our tendency is to not be ready to engage. But God wants us to. You're going to run into people this perhaps this next week. And you're going to look at them and I don't know how you're going to look at them, but what I want you to do is start thinking about, I wonder what's going on behind what I see. What's the story behind what I see? And Mark, for the first time, maybe the first time, maybe the second time, really demonstrated love. Out of all those characteristics in 1 through 11, the bottom one is love. It's meeting people's needs without thinking about myself. And that's what Mark shared when he shared the story. He goes, you know, usually we just think about ourselves. We don't think about somebody else, what's going on in their lives. And we shut them out. He said, I think I learned to love by opening my life up to that guy and to helping him where he was at. So I'm wondering, you know, if that's something we can actually work on ourselves is always be ready. So God needs to remind me every day that what it's about is the gospel. What it's about is my, my true living in, in Jesus Christ. What it's all about is keeping my focus on the eternity upon heaven and loving the people down here in order them, for them to join me in heaven. So here's what I wrote down as we close this message I want to challenge us to always be ready to live for the things that are all what God's about, these things, and share these things with whoever and whoever God brings into your sphere of being today and tomorrow and for the rest of the time. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for Peter and his heart to remind us we need reminding, Lord. 
not to be annoyed when we're reminded, but just to be open and, and hungry to be reminded. Lord, help us always to be ready to anticipate that you might bring somebody in our life today that needs a loving ear and a loving heart. Help us, Lord, to see and to listen and respond to the stories of those around us. They're crying out, wanting to hear. They want somebody to, to tell their story too. Help us, Lord, to be eager to be reminded. Integrate the truths of these last two Sundays into our lives. Help us, Lord, to live the truth in our faith journey and to always do it, Lord, for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, please be sure to subscribe. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website, wlgrace.org. See you next week.